Make sure you check out the KDK Radio Storm Center. Go to kdkradio.com. We have the entire list of closings and delays, important weather information. Pittsburgh Public Schools closed today. Many, many two-hour delays due to the frigid weather. The KDK Radio Storm Center brought to you by Mr. Ruder and the Generator Super Center. Uh, before we get to the congressman, I'm one, uh, Kathy had mentioned this, uh, Larry. There's a um, head-on on the McKees-Rocks Bridge, head-on collision, and they're closing the bridge right now and um there are medics on the way and the uh passenger in the car is in critical condition critical condition head on um and one of my boys pointed out the roads are dry today so there was an accident on 28 apparently a car on fire it's hard to know some days but yeah in some spots that anything that would have been wet is you might have a little glaze of ice here and there you're right from the uh you know the fact that some of it melted yesterday and now it's the deep freeze and as you mentioned yesterday the the, the salt has no impact on this when it's this cold the the lower the temperature the least you know the less of an impact the salt has after 20 degrees i believe one of my favorite people a guy Russianthaler, joining us this morning good morning congressman how are you guy marty good morning larry thanks for having me on as always you know hey. we got a lot going on yes you do, brother. Yes, you do. Yep. And uh, for people that don't know, as a United States congressman, you sit on certain committees and you're on some really critical committees, right? I am. I'm, I'm on the Rules Committee, which is super inside baseball. But any bill that is running uh, through the regular calendar has to go through the Rules Committee. And we decide if amendments are allowed on the bill. If so, what amendments? And we also decide who, which committee is debating uh, the, the, the bill itself. So it's a super inside baseball committee, but um, small, powerful committee. And then I'm also on the Appropriations Committee, which, of course, deals with discretionary spending and appropriating funds for all the programs. And I'm Chief Deputy Whip, so I'm number two to whip Tom Emmer uh, in the whip operation. So we're tasked with counting the votes and making sure we have the votes to pass legislation. So they're all great positions. I'm in the crossroads of all uh, all these issues that we're facing this week and we have been facing. So it's, I'm having a blast. It's a lot of work, but uh, it's, it's, they're good positions, good committees to be on. We know you'll tell us the truth here. Give us the, the lowdown on the possibility of a government shutdown. So I don't think we're going to have one because I think, so remember, the government runs out of funding uh, Friday yep. for a portion of the government. The next portion runs out on February 2nd. Last week when I was when I was on, I thought we were heading to a shutdown because there was a lack of willingness to do another continuing resolution. Right now, there's a willingness to do a continuing resolution. So we're going to push out the 19th January date and the 2 February date. We're going to push that out to the 1st and the 8th of March. Now, that still, that still doesn't answer the question, do we have the ability to pass the appropriation bills? Uh, there's negotiations going on between Speaker Mike Johnson, the White House, and the Senate to make sure that we have uh, agreed upon numbers. Now we have an agreed to top line number, so the overall spending number, that's not a problem. The problem is in the subcommittees. So in the 12 indiv individual bills, there's disagreement with how to allocate the, the money. For example, how much do you allocate to defense? How much do you allocate to transportation infrastructure? How much do you allocate to foreign affairs? So that that's really where the issues are. I hope that we can pass several uh, appropriation bills to the House and Senate. So we break the habit that is the omnibus, where you just put all 12 bills together and give them a, a, an up or down vote. Individual members have a lot more power when they're all divided out into 12, or uh, is a compromise position. We could put two or three together. That's called a mini bus. And that's what I actually think is going to happen. I think that after we get past 
this continuing resolution will be looking at putting two or three together and then voting uh, small packages of spending bills. Hey, man, uh, I sent you something, and uh, I'm not trying to just throw this on your head here, but uh, we had a bunch of folks on from uh, Washington Hospital this morning, and uh, their president said that a third of America, he said this, right, Larry, 30% of hospitals will close in the next couple of years. And and that the FTC and uh, the Attorney General's office are trying to ask them for millions of documents. Is this something that concerns you, this crisis in health care, Congressman? Yes, it is. And I got what you sent me. There's, so there's a, this is multifaceted, but one of the big problems you have is you have Medicaid and Medicare reimbursement rates that haven't kept pace with inflation. And medical pricing is based on those rates. So when we don't raise those reimbursement rates, it, it decreases the rates and the profitability of hospitals. The other thing I'm very afraid of is I'm afraid of that losing the independence of a lot of these regional hospitals and uh, in, in doctor-owned clinics, yep. for example, and having them all owned by the big boys because that that's not good for patient uh, care, and it's also not good for just the free market of medicine being able to select who you go to. If everything is owned by, let's say, UPMC uh, and, and AHN, and you don't have the ability to go to an independent hospital, that's a problem. Nothing against UPMC or AHN. I just think that there should be – you should have choices and you should have decentralization. If that's the case, Guy, absolutely this pay – you know, the Medicare and the payments have to be increased. Right on. Or these 30% of the hospitals independent around the country are in fear of closure. What needs to be done at the federal level to change that – as quickly as possible because they're bleeding money. Yeah, and Larry, I totally agree with that. We had a fix in the continuing resolution. The Senate actually stripped it out, um, oh. and I can talk about why they did that. So what we are proposing, and this is – I don't want to talk out of school here because this is just in the beginning of a right. leadership table talking about this, but the idea is that we will have a fix uh, for this issue and then throw it on what's called the suspension calendar – and the suspension calendar is basically you suspend the rules committee and you have to pass the, the vote by two-thirds margin, okay? It's pretty hard to do, but we think that if we do the fix, we'll get enough Democratic votes where we can we can get it fixed and send it to the Senate and then have them uh, incorporate that into a future spending bill, you know, either on the on the 1st of March or 8th of March or before then. So that's the plan, but that's, that's still not going to solve the overall problem no. um, because, this again, this is multifaceted. And it's going to take a lot of different actions over a period of time to correct it. And hopefully we can do it quick enough before all these independently owned hospitals and practices are, are, are purchased by the big boys. Well, if they're not, we had the president on this morning. They're done. Shut down. 2,700 employees gone. Um, gone, sir. 10,000 patients gone yeah, in two this years. Is mission critical. And what's more important than people's health care and safety? Right on. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to get some traction on this guy. Yeah. I'm working on the other thing that we're missing too, is that you have a, you have a lot of doctors that are leaving practice. Yep. A lot of the guys yep. that are in the 50s, 60s, instead of staying till their retirement age, they just say, I can't deal with this anymore. Medicine is broken. They leave. Well, we we're not bringing in enough physicians to wow. replace them quickly. Wow. So in the next four or five, next four or five years, you're going to see an even greater squeeze because we're just not going to have enough doctors in the United States. Now, you can alleviate that by perhaps expanding the scope of practice for physicians, assistants, et cetera. Uh, and there's, there's scope of practice fixes that you can do. But that's just, that's just fighting around the periphery. What we really need to do is we need to have 
changes to American medicine to make it more uh, appealing to people and also increase those rates so hospitals can actually run a profit. We we support that 100%. I know uh, anything we can do to help. Thank you, Guy, for your time this morning, and good luck, and hopefully we don't shut down Friday the federal government. <laughs> We're, we're going to avoid it, I'm telling you. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. You're the right, best, be man. Safe. Thank you. United States Congressman Guy Rischenthaler on the Big K Morning Show. On your way home, check out Rick Dayton's Drive at Five Top Stories in the Day every weekday afternoon. Brought to you by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes, demand the yellow van. Coming up in our next hour, we will be joined by Marty's wife, Christine. Her. Everything Everything all right? I saw you guys uh, very well-dressed at a soiree Saturday. Yeah, yeah. 60th the birthday for Mr. Weinstein. I think I have one check more to write to him for dog license yeah, fees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gone, though. He, he just got a big job. I cannot tell you what the big job is, but he got a really big job. Oh. Yep. My man's more connected than Jesus. Yeah, John, he's he's been around a long time. I am was telling he, he was you. a county treasurer. 24 years. Yeah. I am I am telling you, it was like a combination of um, The Godfather, Goodfellas, and Cocoon 2 all at once. Cocoon <laughs> 2. It, it was unbelievable. Unbelie- and the characters... How you doing, Marty? I, I'm I'm fine. And he made fun of us. Weinstein did in his little speech. Really? Yeah, he did. He he specifically made fun of you. I just I'm being honest. I wish I could have made it. He made, to the party. I don't think you were invited. Actually, I was. You want to see the text? Yeah, I do. I want to see the text. I'm going to show you the text. You're one of the no shows because you had nothing to do Saturday night. So if, if John's listening, John, he blew you off. No, I didn't. Why did you blow off a public event like that? It's unlike like Larry to blow it off that's and what for I'm, you to show up. Exactly. That's like how the tables have turned. This is actually a wonderful observation, young lady. I hate public events. Like he, so there has to be a really good reason for you to come out. He is the antithesis of social interaction. Right. My wife made me. And... John Weinstein uh, is very convincing. There were seriously 300 people there. He has a lot of friends. He, some Larry was not there. And if Larry was not there and was invited, it's the first event he's ever missed. Well, I, And I'm going to tell John you did it out of spite. I was... What? What do you mean? Well, what were you doing? I wasn't Watching sure. television. I, I wasn't sure I'd be able to emcee it. See? see? <laughs> he wasn't... This, and then Samantha, I realized... He was not asked to be the emcee. And then I was realizing... So he decided not to go. From you and Patrick, I have a portable podium. So I could have, indeed. He does. Sorry I missed the party, man. Why didn't you show? I couldn't make it. What do you mean you couldn't make it? Because you did nothing Saturday night. I know this from your wife. Oh, I did something. What? What? Never you mind what I did. He watched football. (laughs) John, if you're listening, remember that. John just got a big job. It was our brother's team. John just got a big job. He's not going to be helping you. All right? How you doing? (laughs) KDK Radio. Storm Center is open. It looks like it's going to be open for a while. 
If you didn't hear, yeah, Pittsburgh Public Schools closed today, second day in a row, and then hundreds on two-hour delays. Most of them are getting into the schools or classrooms. We always have the entire list available for you. KDKRadio.com brought to you by Mr. Reuter and the Generator Super Center. Every Wednesday at this time, we check in with the president and CEO of the Urban League of Greater Pittsburgh, Carlos T. Carter. Carlos, staying warm. Good morning. Good morning, Larry and Marty. How are you guys? Fabulous, ma'am. Good. <laughs> it's it's challenging, though, out there uh, with temperatures in the single digits and these uh, below zero real field temps. Uh, meanwhile, I know they have provided some places for people who need to go somewhere to get warm. You go to Second Avenue downtown, and they have multiple sites around the region. They can take care of people if you are in need. Uh, speaking of downtown, Carlos, there has been a conversation about converting some downtown office space to create affordable housing because affordable housing is a crisis in this city. So what is the status of this? Because this is something near and dear to you. Well, I think definitely it's good to leverage uh, downtown, but I wouldn't say downtown is a panacea. I think it's an opportunity. Um, let's face it, it is very expensive to convert the buildings yep. over. I was reading an article on CNN talking yep. about that. That, and from a tax perspective, it's hard to get the base to really the government's need. But I'd say it's part of the solution. You can make a dent, but but a, it's a smaller uh, dent. And let's face it, I'm not sure how affordable most housing is downtown. Again, I don't have the data around that. But no, I think, man, you know, it's it's Marty. You're spot on, brother. There is no way he's right on. So let's say they take one of these uh, vacant buildings downtown and decide to develop it. It's a hundred million dollars to do this. They're going to want thirty, forty million just in incentives. And then the cheap apartments will be 1800 a month. You're spot on, man. It's true. Yeah, it's yeah that's the only challenge. So not against it. I just don't think it's really a, a real solution, but it's necessary to do that. But but to his point, Larry, try look, Carlos knows this better than anyone. Find a middle-class family and ask them if they can afford a house anywhere in this town, Carlos. It's next to impossible. Is it not, sir? It, it's, it is really challenging. I think even when you look in terms of like first-time home buyers yep. and things like that, we work with a lot of folks uh, with interest rates being so high and prices being high, so high, it is very difficult. And so that is where we do need to have you know intervention in terms of more down payment assistance. We do some things around that, but some creative things uh, to level the playing field um, because we don't have enough affordable units, right? I think we're like 20,000 or more. And nationwide, I think we're like 5 million. In the last 20 years, we've been kind of behind. So we do really have to, government will have to, play a role in incentivizing, let's face it, you know, developers are business people and they're looking at their ROI, right? And so it has to make sense, right? It'd be affordable for the client. And then we also have to address income disparities, which we're doing at the Urban League, making sure people have appropriate job training and opportunities so they can literally afford it, right? Because um, you have to have the income as well. That's an important part of it to have economic parity is critical uh, to support black and brown and other marginalized communities uh, who, are, who are really struggling. And, you know, you look in politics, people are fighting about this and fighting about that. But then today, as I always say, people want to know, you know, can my children go to the school? Can I live in a good neighborhood? Can I put food on the table? Can I afford gas? I think those are key issues that Americans are concerned about in housing, of course, um, because, you know, many young people are living with their parents still because they literally cannot afford a, a place. Each and every day, people are trying to make it through the day. And Marty and I have talked about the abandoned houses that are in the city now and trying to figure out a way to have these abandoned houses become put back on the tax rolls, 
provide a place where people could be first-time buyers and those kinds of things. Have you heard any talk about this? Um, I know when I've heard talk around the land banks, right, I think they're finally getting a lot of roadblocks out they of there. Are. I think Sally, who runs us, she's a great young lady. I remember right. her from the Big Berg days when she used to uh, run Big Berg. Um, but I think that's a good start. And I think even as an urban league, I think we're willing to at some point see what role we can play. We're always going to advocate, you know, for for uh, support of, of housing that's affordable for folks uh, that we, we serve, but also may even consider partnering for for even some development, you know, down the road. Um, and so, um, but it's, it's an issue, but we, we can we can do it together, right? But it definitely requires investment. And if you're making it affordable, the government, I know people don't always like government in, intervention, but there needs to be some investment to make the numbers have to work. And let's face it, it's very hard for people to develop affordable housing because the costs are so high. If you listen to these groups that do these developments, they're struggling. <laughs> Right. Well, we, we need to find a way, and I'm glad you're working on that, Carlos. Thank you. Uh, stay warm. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Uh, you too. Thank you so much. Bye. And you can visit the Urban League of Greater Pittsburgh online at ulpgh.org. Carlos T. Carter, President and CEO. I'd like to congratulate Duquesne University today. They're going to open their College of Medicine they built. If you haven't been... Nice. On Duquesne's campus. Yeah, that's a significant advancement. So Dr. Ken school. Gormley, the president. Love him. A lot of good people over there at yep. Duquesne University. Yep. It's a big day. It's a hell of a school. They're wonderful people. Yeah, and they have, uh, you know, they redid what was the old, uh, you know, where the, at one point their UPMC Chuck Cooper event center yep. was the spot where everybody had those concerts that didn't fit in the arena or like a stadium show. Uh-huh. They used to they used to keep busy over there. Oh, yeah, I love them. Coming up, Marty's wife Christine will yeah. be in studio with us. And also, uh, Marita Williams from AAA will join us at 9:30 talk about the Pittsburgh Travel Showcase at the Convention Center this weekend. I got to mention something uh tragic. It's in the news and um it's got both of us kind of shook up this morning. Um, everybody out there knows my relationship with Mark Soreo uh, with Oakmont Bakery. He is uh, one of my closest friends, like a brother, quite frankly. And the things that he's done in this town to help people would shock you. Um, the amazing family and amazing business. And his uh, brother-in-law was killed and his uh, sister uh, critically injured in a head-on collision uh, last night. And... Uh, I've been in communication with Mark, offering our condolences, but um, they're wonderful people. It's a wonderful family. Obviously, Larry, we don't wish this on anyone, but when it hits ho uh, close to home like that, it rips at your heart. just does. And yeah, when you shared that earlier this morning, it's Ugh. hard to think about anything else. It is. Because uh, they are such good people. They are, man. Just in a flash. Yeah, man. Your life can change. It does, sure. So our thoughts and prayers with the Soreo family and <sighs> all their many, many friends.